0: Section 5 of The Early Cavemen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dick Bourgeois Doyle. The Early Cavemen. By Catherine Elizabeth Dopp. Chapter 13. How the Cavemen Spent the Winter. Things to Think About. How do you think the cavemen spent the winter? What kind of food do you think they ate? What do you eat in the winter? Why could not the cavemen have as many kinds of food as you have? Do you think you could stand it to go out in the cold dressed as the cavemen were dressed? Perhaps you think that the cavemen spent a dreary winter. It might be dreary for you. If you had to spend it that way, but the cavemen knew nothing about such homes as we have. They lived in the very best home that anyone had at the time. That is why they were satisfied. When the weather was pleasant, they went out to hunt, but they never had to go far. The wild animals were not yet afraid of men, and so they did not try to get away. By using their spears and stone axes, the cave men got plenty of meat to eat but they got so hungry for something green that they ate the green moss that they found in the stomach of the reindeer. Sometimes they ate the inner bark of trees. Sometimes they found nuts in squirrel's nests, but most of the food that they ate was meat. In the coldest weather they did not have even meat, for it was not safe to hunt in the biting cold. They stayed in the cave for days at a time without a taste of food sometimes they were so hungry that they chewed hard skins and they even sucked dry bones but they managed in some way to live through these cold days until the weather became warmer again things to do think of the coldest stormiest day you have ever seen and draw a picture showing how it looked tell a story of what bright eyes did During a cold day, tell a story of what the cavemen did one pleasant day in the winter. Chapter 14. What the cavemen got from the birch trees. Things to think about. Have you ever noticed the bark of a birch tree? Do you know what birch bark is used for? Why is birch bark better to make into baskets and boats than the bark of other trees? Can you think of a way of taking birch bark from a tree without splitting the bark? Have you ever seen bark that has been mended? What do you think the cavemen used birch bark for? Why do you not have the right to peel birch bark from any tree that you see? Are there any birch trees that you do have the right to take bark from? When the snow began to melt, the cavemen were glad for it was warm enough to leave the cave. They spent their days on the wooded hills where many birch trees grew. All the cavemen liked to go to these trees. They liked to peel off the silvery white bark that hung from the older trees in strips. They wanted to get the tough inner bark that was under the smooth outer coat. They chewed the inner bark the way you chew gum. Sometimes they bit into the bark with their teeth, and sometimes they cut it with a stone knife. Then they peeled it off in strips with their fingers. At first, they peeled it carelessly and gave no thought to the width of the strips. But one day, Firekeeper peeled off a wide strip. There were narrow strips for her to eat, so she kept the wide strip for a while. One day, she began to shape it with her hands and to fold in the edges, After trying for a long time, she made it into a basket. She did not cut the bark, but shaped it by making folds in each corner and fastening them with sharp thorns. She gathered winter buds into the basket and carried them home to the cave. In a few days, the thorns fell out. So Firekeeper cut the bark and sewed the folds. But this basket did not last very long. The edges split and firekeeper's basket was soon worn out one morning she went with the other women to get birch bark for another basket they had no trouble in cutting the bark and in loosening the edges with their fingers but as soon as they tried to peel it the bark began to split so they tried to press evenly with their fingers against the underside but still many strips split finally firekeeper picked up the rib of a deer and pressed it under the loosened edge. Then she carefully pulled the ends of the rib and peeled off a large piece of bark. Then all the women tried to peel bark by using the rib of a deer. They carried the bark that they peeled to the cave and sat down by the fire to make baskets. Nobody was satisfied with Firekeeper's basket, for the corners were rough and the edges split. They found that by cutting into the sides of the bark, They could fold it so as to make smoother corners. So they cut and folded the bark, then sewed the folds with spruce root. Then they hunted for something to bind around the edge, so as to strengthen the basket. Some of the women made rims of tough grass, and some used willow stems. These were the first rims they had ever made, but the women always put rims on their baskets after that. Things to do If there is a birch tree growing in your neighborhood, go and see it. Notice whether it is a good shade tree. Does the bark on the young trees hang in strips as it does on the older trees? If you have the right to do so, peel off enough birch bark to make a basket, a boat, or a frame. When you visit a museum, find as many things as you can that are made of birch bark. Find pictures of things that are made of birch bark. Chapter 15. The Flood Things to Think About When the snow melts in the spring, what happens to the river or stream in your neighborhood? How does the melted snow get to the river? Have you ever heard of rivers that are under the ground? If such a riverbed were dry, what would it be? Have you ever seen a ravine? Is it anything like a cave? If the roof of a cave fell in what would the cave become if the sides of a ravine became worn down what would it become think of ways in which the cave might be flooded when the snow melts in the spring do you know anything about the floods that we have nowadays winter was almost gone the air was getting mild and soft the snow was beginning to melt and the river was rising all along the banks there were mountains of snow and ice huge masses of floating ice were carried along by the current the cavemen were watching the swiftly rising river they feared that there might be a flood the children were playing in the melting snow and wading in the water sharp eyes had just come from the ravine this ravine was usually dry in summer but in winter it was filled with snow Now it was a deep, dark stream, with black and threatening water. All the ravines were pouring their waters into the river, which was rising rapidly. Where the banks were steep, the river was narrow. There, the water was deep, and large masses of snow and ice were carried along by the strong current. At the drinking place, the banks were low. There, the river was wider, and the current was not so deep and strong. Small masses of snow and ice were carried along by the current, but the larger masses became lodged on the bed of the stream. In this way, the river was forming a dam. All day long, the cave men watched the river, but at night, they went back to the cave. There were dark clouds in the sky, so Firekeeper covered the fire with ashes, and they got ready for the night. All but Firekeeper were soon asleep she kept watch that night. There was something that troubled her. It was not the roaring river. It was not the pouring rain. She had heard those sounds before. It was a sound that was new to her, and she wondered what it meant. It seemed to come from deep down in the cave, and it sounded like rumbling water. She did not wish to frighten the clan, so she let them all sleep. She listened again. She still heard the roaring of the river. She still heard the pouring rain below it all she heard the strange muffled sound it was coming nearer and nearer she felt water trickling over her bed of moss and leaves at first she thought it was the rain she peered into the darkness but saw nothing she felt of the running water it was coming from the cave then she saw strong arm he quickly roused the people and they hurried out of the cave a moment more and it would have been too late the water rushed up from the dark, narrow passage and out through the mouth of the cave. There was water everywhere. The frightened cave men ran for the hills. They climbed trees, where they stayed throughout the long, dark night. When the rays of sun streaked the sky in the east, the cavemen were still up in the trees. They looked out over the valley, but they scarcely knew the place. All the land except the hills was covered by the flood. All the thickets had disappeared only the tops of the trees stood above the water the river was dammed with snow and ice the water dashed against the dam but it could not break its way through it was forced back it was overflowing the banks it was flooding the land nobody had breakfast that morning nobody had a mouthful to eat all that day all the cave men watched the flood from the trees they heard the ice when it began to crack They heard the roaring of the river as it beat upon the dam. They knew that it was wearing its way through. About midday, there was a loud crash. The cavemen then knew that the dam was broken, and they saw the water pour through the dam and sweep everything in its path. Before sunset, the flood was gone. Most of the ice and snow had been swept away the cave men were glad to come down from the trees and they hurried to see what had happened to their cave things to do notice a river or brook after a heavy rain or the melting of the snow see if you can tell where the current of the river is notice the difference in the current in the wide and narrow parts of the river find the parts of the valley that would be flooded if the river overflowed its banks notice the little holes that are made in the ground by the rain See if you can find a ravine made by the rain. Model a small river valley showing some of the work of the rain. Change the little potholes so as to make them into caves. Change the caves so as to make them into ravines. Change a ravine so as to make a valley. Tell a story of how a pothole became a valley. Show in your sandbox the way the cave was flooded. End of section five.